1: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Hi, and welcome to the climax. We didn't even we didn't even practice that. It was perfect. <laughs> no, I mean ideal. Um, I'm Angelica Malin. I'm
3: Rebecca Reed. What are we? Who are we? We're, we're better known as Bex and Jelly. Yeah. And uh, we are the presenters, hosts, presenters. <laughs> what are you for a podcast? Um, I think we're co-hosts. We are the co-hosts of the climax. We're also staring at each other a lot. <laughs> and We're the co-hosts of the climax, which is a brand new podcast about sex.
2: Fantastic! And when we're not co-hosts of the climax, we're journalists and loosely journalists <laughs> and, and authors and some days I don't think I can... travel writers and you do all sorts of stuff. Event hosting. I'm a multi hyphen. I'm very
3: I'm very trendy. At the I moment. am also a multi hyphen. We're on brand m- mostly because. None of my single hyphens make me enough money um, so and I guess the big question is why should you listen to us talking about sex
2: yeah wh- why on earth are we doing this why are we doing this sexy so when uh, Jelly
3: and I were in our very early 20s when we were babies not real babies we started a sex magazine called AFT which was amazing and we loved it and it was brilliant uh, but then our careers went in different ways, and we had lots of other things going on. But we have always had a hankering to talk about sex, mm. and I think we've always had a lot to say about sex. We've always had a lot to say about the way that sex is represented, the way it's treated, and I think that this is a much cooler, fancier, newer medium to get our yeah. Sex I think out. when we
2: were doing AFT podcasts, were not a thing, were they? But do you know what else? Talking about
3: sex was not a thing.
2: That's true.
3: there were people who didn't want to work with us because we did it. Or. Oh families were pretty shocked whereas now
2: I think in the five years
3: since we started AFT things have changed a great deal mm. and I'm really pleased about that
2: I agree my mum asked to come on this and I was like maybe not on the first episode mum she was like I'll happily come on and talk about sex same same and when I started the magazine, my mum was like you realise you'll never get it you'll never work again and this and is, is not, it's not true at all Like, no? it, I don't yeah, it, we were very much shamed back in the day but we felt like it was a really good space to have a podcast to talk about sex what it means to be a woman what it means to have really uh, nourishing good enjoyable sex. Um, and yeah, that's that's where our discussion is going to go, right? I feel like this is going to be like sitting next
3: to a group of girls in a pub having a really interesting conversation mm-hmm. and trying to tell the person you're with to shut up because you want to listen to that conversation. We're going to be that group of girls.
2: Yeah, and we have brought this echoing, you know, just to get things flowing. I rang Gels earlier and I was like, I think
3: we can't do this sober.
2: So good that we're recording on Tuesdays. <laughs> fantastic. So without further ado, this episode, which is kindly sponsored by Lilo, a fantastic sex toy brand, is all about spicing it up.
3: So we're going to talk about um, from going at the beginning of a relationship when things are already really hot all the way through to when things are a bit less exciting, which happens to everyone. And I think as a sex writer, the number one thing I've ever been asked is how do I get that first time feeling back?
4: Mm. So we're going to talk
3: about that today I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you guys The reality is you can't get the actual first time feeling back no. But you can do loads of other stuff That makes it just as exciting in a different way
2: Yeah, exactly And full disclosure, we've both been in long term relationships for a while
3: Oh yeah, we should explain So I am married I got engaged at the age of 23 and <laughs> child, married, bride. child bride and, the age of, and married at the age of 26 I've been married for a year and a bit And um, I've been with my partner since 2013 And he is 12 years older than me And before that, I was kind of a bit of a wild child, spent a lot of time on the London BDSM scene, uh, had a lot of weird sex with questionable people. (laughs) So I've
2: done, I've done both sides of it. And I I think I'm the yin to your yang. I'm Jewish. I have pretty vanilla sex. I've been with my boyfriend four years. Before that, I had a boyfriend for two years. I pretty much just Jump from boyfriend to boyfriend. I um, had. Uh, I think I'm. I'm the probably more moderate of the two. Would you I, say? I think so. I also just want to tell you guys that we so badly wanted to call this nice
3: Jewish girls, uh-huh. and my
2: lack of Judaism <laughs> ruined it. My stupid Catholic faith. That was like, can I just pretend to be Jewish for the show? I was like, don't think you can. No, apparently, that's like cultural <laughs> appropriation. Like literal <laughs> cultural appropriation. So um, yeah. So we're both coming out this episode from from the point of view of two people who have been in long term relationships um, for a while, and I suppose that the issue of spicing it up is something that's yeah. relevant to
3: our lives. But over the course of the series, we're going to be talking to people who are gay, hetero, bi, pan, pretty much anything you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Uh, People who have sex with people of all different genders. Uh, We're going to talk to people of different ethnicities, people of different uh, religions, body body sizes, different body types. So it's not just going to be the two of us who are quite similar Mm. talking about it. You're going to hear from all sorts of really fascinating people.
2: Fantastic. Let's get on to it. Our first guest of the season. Thank you so much for joining us. We're joined now by Rowan Ellis and Girl on the Net. Thank you guys for being here today. So we're talking today about spicing it up. What does that mean? Bex, what are we talking about? So I think the reason this is a really good place for us to start
3: is that there's the number one question I get asked is people come up to me at dinner parties, like at family events, li- literally anywhere, and go, how do you spice it up? How do you get that, like, first-time feeling back? And it's on the front of every magazine, like, get that first-time feeling back. And I'm a big believer that you can't actually get the first-time feeling back, because mm-hmm. it's never the first time with the first person. But with, But what you can do is kind of bring exciting new stuff... Into your current sex life, which
2: is totally fine. Mm. Um, so, I guess are we gonna are we gonna ask these guys about the beginnings of their sexual experiences? Yeah, talk to us about the beginning. Girl on the net. I feel like we need a shortened name for you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you, call
5: me, you call me girl. Girl's girl. fine. Right, I girl. go by lots of different gotten. names. Gotten. gotten. Lots gotten. of people call me gotten.
2: gotten. Um, um, what tell us about your first sexual experiences? So, I think. Most of my first
5: like sexual experiences in terms of feeling arousal uh came on my own, uh, when I'm kind of making up little stories in my head. I have a really vivid memory when I was quite young of playing with marbles and kind of setting my marbles out in this little scenario that was like on a pirate ship and there were pirates on the pirate ship and then a <laughs> lady was caught by the pirates on the pirate ship uh, and punished for sneaking in. And so like my really early experiences were all about just kind of me telling myself stories. But I think in terms of like the first real life experience when I was kind of with someone and felt that, you know, not just a kind of romantic kiss, but the actual like gush of, oh, my God, I'm so horny right now, was probably a snog I had with a guy in the clearing in some woods uh, when I was quite young and had sort of sent all of my other friends off to go to the shop or go and do something. So because I kind of knew I wanted to do something with this particular guy.
3: It's it's weird, isn't it? It's, like, so pure, those really, really early experiences. They're so intense. Yeah. They're really, really... So the the word that we didn't use is virginity. Yeah. I feel really strongly about. Rowan, do you think that the concept of virginity is a
6: good thing, a bad thing? Does it lend anything to the world? Should it be got rid of? I mean, it's a social construct, but that still has social power like i think that it's very easy to just be like virginity is a social construct therefore it doesn't matter but i'm like no because if our society still says it matters then we can't just expect especially girls women to ignore it or to think it isn't a big deal or to vilify them or or villainize them if they do think it's a really big deal for them um but from my point of view as like a queer woman i'm like what what does losing my virginity look like right Mm, like what does that Is it because I think virginity is so much like a penis goes in a vagina and the hymen gets destroyed and you're like none of that makes any. I mean, the hymen thing is nonsense. But also like (laughs) (laughs) it's, but also like what does it look like if the person if you don't have a vagina and a penis and then and also I've got um, something called vaginismus, which means that my vagina spasms if anything comes into contact with it. And it means that, like, I, it, even if I wanted to, I could not get a dick inside me. Like, that's not mm. a thing that could happen. Um, so, what does it look like for women who have, like, particular chronic pain or things like vaginismus where they physically can't, even if they really want to? And I think that's that kind of complicates it even more yeah. than just saying the yeah. social um, I remember, even quite
3: recently, I was talking to a friend of mine who was with her girlfriend from 14 through uh, 19. And I said, like, Yeah, because you lost your opportunity really late, didn't you? You were 19. She was like, No.
2: I had a girlfriend and I was like oh,
3: I am part of the problem yeah. <laughs> I assumed because there was no penis
2: you hadn't lost your virginity which mm. is so bad No but it's true I think we do think of virginity as like a, a male female thing mm. I remember at boarding school people saying oh I don't, go, I don't want to go horse riding because I don't want to yeah. lose my virginity to yeah. a horse because the act <laughs> of And they literally thought if they rode a horse that yeah. they were no longer a virgin
5: I think there's also there's quite a lot wrapped up when we talk about virginity um, we're often kind of nudging people towards this idea of a sort of sexual hierarchy that you know you start off you've got your first base and second base set, and then the home run is mm. penetration. And actually for a lot of people penetration is not pleasurable, is not the way that they primarily experience pleasure anyway. And on top of that, because I know we're kind of going to get on to sort of spicing things up a bit later on, but there's this idea that once you've reached that peak, which is penetration and you know that's what you do, that going to do something like fingering or you know oral sex, that is somehow a step down, yeah, and you're yeah. sort of going well, back on yourself, even though life, that's really hot. My
3: sex life was definitely at its best in the sort of eighteen months before I started having sex because I was all, <laughs> I, I was Catholic and I was one of those everything but girls, so I was all about all about oral, all about all uh, all about like manual, and that was fantastic. I really enjoyed that, and then suddenly I
6: had mm. actual penetrative sex, and I was like, wait, sorry, this was the bit we weren't doing. And yeah, <laughs> this and I, is the least good bit, and I think that that maps onto like individual sexual experiences as well the idea that when the man like penis in vagina man comes like that's what you're working up to and foreplay yeah. is just like the warm-up to this one mm, act and that's yes. the important bit like so it's mapped out onto virginity but also like individual experiences as well i think often yeah
2: oh, God, it's so it's so true and that hierarchy is a bit i don't it's just not it's not quite right is it like some of the most enjoyable bits of of sex relations is is the bits in the lead up and not actually the main act i'm, I'm with you on that i think for, for most women they well
3: at least most women i know if they're coming during penetrative sex it's with a to- it's with the toy mm. and if they're coming in sex generally it's either before penetration or afterwards but I mean what, what I can never understand this, but it's the vast majority of women can't orgasm from penetration alone mm. and yet that is considered to be the
2: yeah the pinnacle yeah on the subject of orgasm um girl what was your <laughs> first what's your first memory of having an orgasm
5: uh, well, so I know the first orgasm that I ever had, uh, was courtesy of the person I love the most in the whole world, which is me. <laughs> um, yes. I basically, so I, I found, so I, my parents are divorced and I used to go and stay at my dad's house on the weekends and I found a book in my dad's house that was absolute filth and I'm really upset that I can't remember the name of it because I would love to like read it again now as an adult and see if it was actually as filth as I thought it was at the time but it was definitely very sexual it was like deliberately erotic and so I kind of flipped through this book a little bit and basically discovered wanking about 10am on Saturday left my bedroom on Sunday when it was time to go (laughs) back to my mum's house uh, and was like holy shit this is the most incredible thing ever Um, and I think like the first few times I had an orgasm I didn't even need to take my jeans off. I was just like, right, that is done. That is, I am in love, <laughs> amazing. Um, so yeah, that was my first, yeah. first remember, time.
3: <laughs> I remember wondering if other people could do it or being like, is this thing that I have created? Did, I, create <laughs> did it? I invent it? <laughs> <laughs> Why, Why, like, my, do people know about this? It's free bad. and it's
5: fun <laughs> and it's not bad for you. Like, how is that yeah. possible? Why do people do Anything
3: like, else? Honestly, how do you get work done? I know. I mean, to be fair, as a freelancer, I still find that it can be a real distraction. <laughs>
5: you
2: love the freelancer wank. The so twelve pm wank on a on a weekday. Lilo, That's your thing. Lilo,
3: very kindly, our gracious sponsor sent us some toys, which we're going to talk about later in
2: our review. And I was like, well, technically, this is for work now. Yeah, <laughs> so we're really toy. toys. This is a
3: good use of my afternoon.
2: So, um, Rowan, do you have any? Do you have any memories of like first kind of sexual experiences? Yeah, so it's kind of weird. So I, I
6: identify as, as on the asexual spectrum, but it took me a really long time to figure that out because I had a very fulfilling, like, what what people would refer to as, like, sex life um, with someone that was very kink and BDSM-based. Um... And it took me a real long time to work out, like, mm, all the things you're enjoying about this are all the things that aren't the sex bits of it. So it's, like, all the sensualness, the connection, the, like the intellect element, the like laughter, the fun of it, and not the actual sex bit of mm. it. So it's kind of interesting because when I think back about s- sexual experiences, I've had the things I'm remembering are the orgasm bit of it. It's like a lot of other stuff and power mm. dynamics and and things like that. So mm. it's kind of a... And it, it's an interesting one because it was that thing where I kind of thought I was a little bit like did a lot of googling about like why don't orgasms feel that great like <laughs> <laughs> and like am i wrong? i like the opposite experience i was like i'd heard about these things that you're meant to have and i was like why is it just fine like,
3: <laughs> no, no, no. did you find that there were people being like oh it's because you're not doing it right just you wait
4: you'll Literally, find the yes, right person yes completely
6: yeah. and i was and it's it's not that i'm like sex repulsed or anything that which some asexual people are it's just i'm like oh, it's fine yeah and then occasionally like as my cycle comes around I'll be like oh that's the horniness but I have I'm like I, I mean I could but so I, I try be and trick you like, it's going fine under. I'm like that's oh, okay um so yeah it's kind of a, a bit of a weird one that took a really long time to, to I was gonna out. ask how
2: long did that kind of process look like of, of deciding that there was a label that you were happy to use for yourself it took a lot longer than it did to work out I was gay I was like <laughs> I kind of like hadn't really thought about it I'd been
6: going through the motions of like oh everyone else is kissing boys this this guy suppose I should kiss a boy. This day. <laughs> um, and then when I actually started to think about it very quickly, it was like, oh, okay, cool, I'm gay. And then I think all of this idea of l- lesbians are very sexualized, I think. And mm. then they often um, sexualize themselves isn't the right way of putting it, but they reclaim that sexuality. So express their sexual desires very like loudly and clearly. And, and I think looking at lesbians who are on youtube which is kind of where i do my work that's very obvious and and really great um so I was like very much like oh this is what I need to do this is where I, this space I need to be in um, and then literally like it like fast forward to like ten years later and I'm like oh wait a minute mm. and I think it's just like because it wasn't a thing that was ever talked about mm. it was a it was like a, this is an inevitability this is where it will lead you this is something that you'll like eventually although there's a lot of like the first time it'll hurt so much and you'll hate it and yeah. like you'll give in to your boyfriend and, and you'll all learn all to like, like yeah. it. <laughs> um so yeah it was kind of a it was difficult to find the label because it was so assumed one because it was so assumed that you would like it and this is a and and I think that all those things had to be connected that like sex and sensuality and things were that was sex was how you got those things rather than them being things that you could find in different places and then not having a word for it was also like a bit of a barrier as well Mm -hmm. because the
3: only asexual person I can remember knowing about into probably my early 20s was Stephen Fry who is actually now married and I think no longer identifies as asexual. That was it. That was literally it. Yeah. And so, and boys, if you'd said, can you name people who are gay, I could have given you a long list. Mm. So I guess a lot of it is
6: about
2: representation because otherwise, mm. yeah. what do you know to look mm. at? What, what do you find people's responses when you say that you're bisexual? How do people kind of see that?
6: I think confusion a lot of the time because it's a bit like, what is, what is that? <laughs> what exactly is going on there? Um, because I think the only t- I feel like asexual reproduction feels like something that was in biology, like mm. plant based, and I'm like, not quite. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, that would be cool though. Yeah, yeah I'd be what like a superpower. I'm
6: a, I'm a medical miracle. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> like, here's my clone. Um, but no, it was. It, I think it's just slight confusion. But also, it's not something I necessarily talk about. I talk about being queer a lot, and the asexual thing. I'm kind of a bit like this is this feels strange to talk about because I think that there's such a like talking about sex is such a big deal Mm. and so talking about not having it then invites a lot more questions than you would have if you were just like oh yeah i'm gay at this point i think people are like oh cool but they sometimes you get questions about so what like especially from boys about like so what do you do with other girls how does that work and i'm like buddy if you can't work out what two people that without penises could do with each other then like i feel real bad for your girlfriend like (laughs) um but yeah it's 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 something that I'm like working on talking about more because it's, I am quite well known for doing like the gay stuff and talking about that quite openly. Mm. Um, And I really love how much that can be. You, I've seen that be useful for people, for people to talk about that openly. And I'm like getting to the stage where I'm like, oh, yes, the asexual thing is also something I could talk about that would yeah. potentially be useful. Because
3: I think the, I, so. I've, I know a couple of people who are ace and they asexual, and they are both in re, mon- monogamous relationships and very tricky situations because they don't want to have sex, but they also mm. don't want their partners to have sex with other people, and they want to stay with the people they're with. And so I guess that kind of segues into spicing it up. Mm.
6: Like, is there anything
3: you could do to, like to spice it up if you? If you if you don't want to have sex but you do love the
6: person you're with and you know they need sex, is there anything? Is there
3: a right answer there, or is there not really
6: a man? That's so tough, and I think it's like it, it's it's such an individual thing. It kind of has to be because it isn't a blueprint, and that's what's so great about like a lot of queer relationships is that there isn't a blueprint, so you sort of start from the ground up and you can mm. build the expectations mm. in. Whereas if it's like you know polyamory isn't an option or open relationships aren't an option. But also, you're not not interested in in having sex and not willing to have sex. And yeah, that's such a difficult. It's kind of like what is like. It's going to be a compromise in any situation. Like yeah. I don't know what if if you like had partners who were like, hey, this is a, a thing that I don't do. Like, would that automatically be? for you guys, like, okay, cool, this isn't compatible, like, this isn't going to well, work? Or... I know
2: with friends who have chronic pain problems, and you, you mentioned, mentioned earlier about chronic pain, And I, I know friends that have chronic pain in the pelvic area, and how... And what a difficult kind of um, effect that has on personal relationships and how you talk about that. And I know with a lot of guys, it's been a very difficult thing to understand. Like, if you take sex out of the equation, what are you left with? What does that look like? Yeah. That's such a that's such a new world. Um, and I can imagine it's quite overwhelming. I think I would expect, if, if my husband didn't
3: want to have sex anymore, I think either he would have to be okay with us exploring being open, rather than... I think Polly is much more complicated, but open mm. or monogamish, as people are calling mm. it. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of, like... French, the French way of, <laughs> how I'd have a mistress in an apartment <laughs> in a, a um or I would expect him to be kind of I guess to treat sex with me the way that I treat watching rugby with him in that I will do it and I'll try my best I won't, do, I, won't do, I won't go out my way and I won't ruin my weekend but I'll do it because it makes him happy so I guess I would expect him to maybe help me orgasm without having penetrative sex Mm. and I wouldn't expect him to go down on me I don't think because that would seem a bit mean but I would still want like the physical contact of maybe like cuddling and maybe like masturbating with him That, that would I think be the compromise I would look for yeah you'd still want that intimacy but if you're sex repulsed which is a thing that you can be that I guess I don't want him like yakking
2: or, like, oh, no, or or
3: just <laughs> feeling deeply
2: uncomfortable that mm-hmm. would
3: be really sad not
2: an ideal outcome as so <laughs> you masturbating? What are you growing up is there anything that you would suggest
5: well i think it's it's really difficult because a lot of it relies on this idea that you know sex is this one particular thing and when you say the word sex all of us will have different ideas in our heads of like the kind of thing that we want to do or might not want to do um and i get asked a lot by like readers of my blog usually it's like one partner often it's a bloke it's usually like i think probably most of my readers at least the ones who get in touch with me are straight guys Mm -hmm. um saying well my my wife doesn't really like sex or she doesn't want to do this that and the other how do i get her to do this Mm -hmm. and like yeah and it's really difficult because like well firstly i think he will have a certain idea in his head of what he wants sex to be she may have a very different idea of what she wants sex to be and i think the other problem is that usually when people get in touch and ask about it they are um, they want an answer to the question that is like a quick fix like mm. do this and then everything will be great whereas actually I think the answer is a much much longer term thing like I would always say the first step is you need to start normalising sex chat within your relationship often these are people who haven't had conversations with their partners before or they have had kind of tentative conversations Mm. or they've said, I really want to do like this that you see in porn, but never actually opened up the discussion. (laughs) So I think like normalizing sex chat, talking to your partner more about, well, what do you like? You know, not it doesn't just have to be what position, you know, what's your favorite position, but like what makes you feel intimate? What do you feel, you know, how do you feel connected to me? And when you start normalizing that, You can have loads of fun. Like, I spend quite a lot of time asking my partner, like, super detailed questions about his junk because I'm fascinated. (laughs) I'm like, is it better if you come loads with, like, really great force or with great quantity? Like, what's better? He says it depends on the mood and that's really annoying answer. That's very mean. (laughs) He gives me, he gives me a really annoying answer to the question sometimes. What was one of my other ones? I've had quite a few, like, oh yeah, one of them was, do the waves of your orgasm time with the spurts of jeers <gasps> that come out of the end of the day. Do they? Dish? No, apparently not. Well, yeah. he says not all sometimes mm. they do, but not always. That is
3: the first thing I'm doing when I go home. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that is a fascinating
5: question. But so, like all of that stuff, it doesn't always have to be like, I want to have sex now and here's what I want to do, and you need to provide me with what I need. It's about sort of just being really curious about each other and interested in each other and mm. kind of fascinated by What do you love? And how Mm. can I kind of make that happen?
3: Mm. I think Um, fiction, I find fiction can be enormously helpful in that sense. Like watching, either being like, I saw this thing in this film. It was so hot. I want to watch it with you. Or I read this story and this was so hot. I really want you to read it. And I find that
5: really helpful. That, I love that. Like sending, him sending me porn or taking, sometimes I'll take a screen grab and be like, oh my God, this. Um, Or like, I'll send him a thing. But I think crucially... There's again, there's got to be the element of like editing, like we'll often go back and forward with fantasies and I'll be like, okay, so I was thinking the other day about maybe you tying me down and fucking someone else in front of me and then kind of teasing me with it. He's like, okay, that would work, but I'd be a bit nervous about like whether or not you'd get jealous. So maybe mm. I'd need to not gag you, and then you could talk back. And we <laughs> yeah. could do so exactly you right. kind of just sort you're of like, nudge each other well, We also
3: we have a very very strong line in our marriage about things that we're going to talk about, that we're going to do, and that we're not going to do. So during <laughs> yeah. foreplay, we we're talking about, yeah, we're definitely we're definitely going to have a threesome, and we're definitely like you're going to watch what I and I'm going to tell her you, you can't join in. It's really hot. We will never do that <laughs> because I would kill both of them in a fit of cold rage. Yeah. Um, so there is, I think it's also allowing yourself to have those conversations about really sexy, hot things without the, without necessarily thinking you have to then do it. Yes,
5: a hundred percent. And it's also, particularly if you're with someone who's kind of nervous about sharing their fantasies or like shy about kind of living your fantasies out, if you give them the space to play and talk about it and imagine without putting so much pressure on them that, well, you said this, so now we have to do it. And <laughs> I'm on Craig's this right now trying We're to having find a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you can you kind of give them that space to be playful and be a bit playful yourself. And don't don't immediately assume that because they haven't like within five minutes of you talking about a thing, they haven't immediately like wrapped you in cling Film and beaten the <laughs> shit out of you. Like you can kind of enjoy all of the stuff that isn't the actual... How do you think we get
2: over that nervousness? Because I think that's a that's a big part of what holds women back, actually communicating what they want and having a confidence to say, like, this would really turn me on. I, I also just think as a side note that it's, it's a slightly unfeminist-y thing that we don't put our pleasure first and part of the reason that this conversation often doesn't happen is that like oh she didn't come but like it's okay like she didn't come like he came uh, you know, yeah. you know, they I've got... know. <laughs> often they don't know and often they don't know or a lot of women fake it and we're recording today on National Orgasm Day so it's important that we mention it <laughs> yeah. and a lot of women fake it and it's because uh, women's pleasure is not is not put at the forefront and it isn't the biggest consideration so women don't feel that confidence
5: to say this is what I really like do you know what yeah that's a very good point and I actually have a bit of a rant on this so yes, there is a problem with women often not putting our pleasure first, like straight women particularly. And I have definitely done this a lot. I have faked orgasms quite a lot. Uh, if people tell me not to fake orgasms because I'm ruining my sex life, they can fuck off because I do it sometimes. It's just fun. Sometimes I fake an orgasm because it makes him come quicker. And then when he comes, I'm more likely to come because yeah. I really like watching him come. But I think although some of of course some of the blame we need to take responsibility for our own pleasure and some of the blame can be laid at our doors what really fucks me off is the fact that when women do express sexual pleasure straight women particularly but I'm sure it's actually true of all women to a certain extent we are not believed like, straight men do not believe yeah. us. I will argue with straight men about the fact that I fucking love porn. I love... Sorry, I swore. You, I, I think, love swearing. I'm pretty I
2: think sure this this going to it explicit on iTunes. I think, I think there's no I'm doubt. It. Think okay. I, think, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think swearing's allowed. Draw laugh. the line on swearing.
5: <laughs> <laughs> In that case, brilliant. I fucking love porn. I love sex. I love getting turned on and getting aroused. And one of the things I am confronted with most is men who say to me... Where are all the pervy women like you? Where can I find a girlfriend like you? Oh, and I'm like God. you, mate. You're fucking. Come you're on. going to these women and questioning their yeah, sexuality. The problem, I um. don't believe you. There's no way any other woman could possibly enjoy looking at an erect penis. Mm. I love looking at erect penises. Like fucking line them up.
3: I used to meet. <laughs> I used to meet men, particularly men, so oh. in their late forties to mid fifties at fetish clubs, and I'd be chatting to them, and then they would admit they'd have a wedding ring on. I'd be like, "Where's your wife?" And they'd be like, "Oh no, no, she would never bring her here." And I'd be like, oh, why is that? And he's like, oh, no, she wouldn't like anything like this. And then I would have a chat and I'd be like, that's really sad. You know, this is clearly a big fetish for you. You're living your life without it, even though it's a huge part of who you are. Um, Why is that? And he'd be like, oh, no, no, I could never speak to her about it. She's not that kind of woman.
5: Maybe she's at home
3: wanking mm, right now wishing you would fuck her Instead of horrifying her by saying Darling is there any chance you might be into a bit of spanking Mm. You're just going to cheat on her in sex clubs Mm. Which of those
2: two do you think She'd be more offended by Yeah, Mm. Exactly exactly. Do you think um, in same sex relationships Do you think that problem of communication is there And saying this is what I want and this is what feels good to me So I think in any relationship, like there's always going to be communication issues because I think you have
6: particular ideas about what is polite and impolite and things like that. And I think that doesn't stop with with those relationships. But I do think that the expectation isn't necessarily there from the beginning. So there's no expectation of what will be happening. Mm. And I think especially in queer relationships that involve like trans people or gender non-conforming people, you know, you can't just assume like, oh, someone has this genitalia, therefore this is what they're interested in, which is something that... I don't think like, it would be great if no one assumed that of anyone. Cause I feel like that would actually be a really, like it forces people to communicate in a lot of ways. Mm. Um But like, yeah. So it's, so it's, it's, having having to have those conversations I think makes the communication better but I think there are still queer couples who don't still don't know how to do that because that's not a thing that ever gets talked about it's very much like if you do sex ed it's very like down the line here are the parts and here's what they do um are but the there like, you can catch. yeah and then occasionally it'll be like if you have a boyfriend and he says he will only love you if you have sex then you can say no and then that's it and there's no like okay but what happens after that or what, ha- what happens to be lead up to that Or what if it's like you kind of want to but then maybe only like this and those conversations aren't happening and I think when we talk about consent it needs to be within a conversation around communication rather than just a very black mm. and white no means no and yeah. like say yeah. yes or whatever and I think that's uh, communication is difficult for anyone but I have found that I've my the way that I've communicated with my partners has been much more communicative than my straight friends has been. Like mm. they, they are constantly having issues that seem to be around communication because of these ideas of oh, I'm not meant to talk like this to this person, or and I think especially the idea of that they'll emasculate the men that they're with if they suggest that they aren't bringing them enough pleasure, mm-hmm. and yeah, it I mean. kind of feels like it might be a criticism if they are like oh, so like if you go down with me, like try this. That feels like he'll. Maybe think that he, they're saying that he's not good at novel, he's not good at sex, and I think that it, viewing it as an exploration together rather than a criticism, Definitely. one way or the other way, makes a lot more sense. It was, yeah. yeah, it
2: really fucks me off that that um, that you have to kind of pander in that way that mm. if you've got to say things in a kind of gentle way, like I'm not offending you, but this mm-hmm, would feel better. No. So, Where I would, no, I don't think it'd be the way yeah. in the reverse. Somebody said to me the other day, they were like, "Oh, is it um, you know, is it difficult using sex
3: toys and sex? Does does your husband find it intimidating?" I was like, no, and I wouldn't have married him if he did. But Hmm. there is, I get asked by women sometimes, like, can I bring a vibrator into our bedroom? Is that going to be, is it going to scare him? Is it going to intimidate him? It's very distressing. I know.
5: I think it's it's really interesting that you mentioned consent, because I think a lot of this is really, like, tied in with consent. And we're not... Uh, it's tied in effectively consent and pleasure kind of go hand in hand and we're starting to talk more about consent and whether or not you know you have to make sure the person you're doing this with actually wants to be there but I think there's a kind of a pleasure aspect of it as well in that a lot of the time like for a very long time women have effectively been taught that the outcome of sex is uh, a man will spaff uh, (laughs) you it might hurt you and maybe, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, really lucky you might come. Now, that's shit, isn't it? It's just mm. shit. Like, we have been taught, like, for so long we've kind of been taught to just sort of put up with it. And it's a bonus if you get to come. And I think as we're sort of, we're starting to have loads more conversations around consent and communication. And pleasure really has to be at the heart of that. Like, and in doing that, it's going to be really awkward for a lot of um, women who... Potentially, have spent a lot of their lives and hopefully, awkward for a lot of men mm-hmm. who have spent a lot of their lives not understanding what actually pleasure looks like for their partner. Mm, and there are going to be some really awkward conversations where you have to go, For 10 years, I have not come and we're going to do something about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But, and I think
3: that's, God, so much, but that's, that's so much harder. Like, one, there's one thing three months in when you go actually one time in four
2: and faking it. You're married for 10 years. How, like, that's a terrifying And the way. whole thing, you're kind of not, yeah, you're, you're yeah. not feeling gratified by it but I feel like a lot of these conversations need to start in a smaller space so I'm thinking kind of specifically with like your girlfriends Is like even in those contexts I feel like sometimes the conversations aren't particularly comfortable where you're talking like talking about vibrators or masturbation or intimacy with your partner even with your friends you don't really want to talk about it and I think if you can create more arenas where you can talk about like, things you build up your confidence if you can't get to the like the big hurdle
5: of perhaps addressing a partner with it oh yeah and it's, it's always I think We often conceive of it like you have to sit your partner down and have this (laughs) conversation where you tell them all this terrible stuff about your sex life. But actually, like for me, one of my like this, this is a really boring, simple sex tip of the type you'd find in Cosmo. But one of my favorite sex tips is after you've had sex with someone, presumably you like them and you enjoy having some sort of intimacy with them, even if that wasn't particularly good, give them a compliment after every time you've had sex give them one compliment i love that noise you made at this point um i think your dick's amazing or um you are really beautiful in this light like you look amazing i really enjoyed that i had a great time and if you can start kind of feeding in compliments about the things that you like again you're normalizing discussion about sex you're hopefully opening up for a slightly bigger conversation a bit further down the line you know you don't have to just Hit them with everything straight away and go. I've never come in twenty five years of marriage. Fuck you!
3: I, I, I hate you. you. Do you think you could maybe at some point, if you were gearing up for this, try that? So you say that was incredible. I love the way you pull my hair. I actually find it a bit uncomfortable when you when you when you pinch my nipples. Like is that? Can you tie the two, like the feedback and the criticism together?
5: Oh, for sure. So the uh, the other day, I actually I got told off because apparently this was quite abrupt feedback. But um, (laughs) we did uh, we did a really cool, we did a really lovely position where uh, his dick got really deep in me. He's got very satisfying cock. Um, And afterwards, uh, we just sort of finished, and I was like, oh my god, that was so amazing. You were so deep inside me. And he was like, any other notes? And I was like, yeah, not really a fan of the bit where you spat in my face. Um, noted. <laughs> noted. But it's one of those things, like that, he did that because in a previous time I'd yes. gone, oh, I love the bit where you spat in my face. He just got the tone slightly wrong in this one. It was <laughs> fine. But like, as soon as you start normalising that stuff, that, if I just said it to him without any kind of compliment, and if we didn't, didn't talk about sex all the time, that would have been quite shocking. And but you'd
3: never f- have done it again as well. And there might come a time where you do want that. I yeah. have... I have shot myself in the foot with, with sex with my husband a lot of times, where I've been in a bad mood that day. Like, I sometimes really like this up in the face. And then one time he did it when I wasn't in the mood, and I was like, how fucking dare you, you a wife beater. And now he will never do it again unless I really ask for it. And I think possibly then he, I should have a conversation with him where I'm like, listen,
5: that time not ideal, <laughs> but all the 50 times before, absolutely fine. Really sorry I shouted. Please do it again. But I think that's a that's a good reaction. Kudos on him for that reaction. Because I think, like, yeah. just going, okay, do you know what? If it's going to have this bad reaction, I'm just going to stop doing it. And that's absolutely the right way to do things, is to yeah. just, you know, always minimise any potential for harm. But the more you kind of talk about it, the more you can build in things that maybe people wouldn't expect in their kind of standard yeah. sexual script.
2: Can I ask, how does your partner feel about the sex blogging? Because you must have so many emails and comments and n- not particularly nice stuff from strangers the whole time. Does he feel... Does he, uh...
5: he is very supportive and very kind about it. Um, it's it's really tricky because when I started, I was mostly just talking about people I was shagging casually. And so even now, if people found out what my real name was, probably you wouldn't be able to identify them. But he's very identifiable. Mm. And my second book is most, like almost entirely about him. Um, he's very supportive. He sort of rolls his eyes sometimes mm-hmm. when I tell him about all of the fights that I'm having on the internet. Um But I think mostly, like, he kind of i think he likes it a little like there are there are women who have a massive crush on him because i write him through the eyes of someone who is wildly in love with him and who is obsessed with his dick and thinks he's amazing in bed and so it's kind of interesting like sometimes i'll meet up with other sex bloggers and they're like oh i'd so love to meet your other half so I, think he likes, I think he likes that
3: have you, how, you've been together for, for quite a long time haven't you
5: God, hey, do you know, it's about, we worked out the other day, we've been together for about as long as Julian Assange has been hiding in a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: what a way to
3: measure it. How
5: long <laughs> actually is that? About six years, wow, can you believe wow. it?
2: Rowan, well, what, uh, what advice do you give if things are feeling a little stale? I feel like my air uh, of expertise in this, as the lesbian is, lesbian
6: bed death, <laughs> ah, okay. Which is, if people don't know about it, it's this thing that people talk about where it's like if lesbians have been in a relationship for a really long time, they just stop having sex. Turns out. This is nonsense. It was based on some really iffy studies, which very much prioritised the idea of like what sex was, in inverted commerce, to be very heteronormative. Um, And it also was much more concerned with how many times you had sex rather than how long the sex lasted, whether you were gratified by the sex, all of this kind of stuff. Um, But it's been super internalised, so a lot of lesbians will talk about it as if it's a thing, and I think probably it's just they're having the same kind of fulfilment in sex that a lot of their straight peers are having. It's just... They're being told, oh, this is, this is abnormally low because you're a lesbian and that's how this works. Um, and I think it also links really into the idea of women. Like having a lower libido than men do, and so if you get two women together, of course they like women aren't sexual. Women don't enjoy this that much. Why would they particularly want to have sex? They're just lovely companions, like maiden aunts so who live together, <laughs> and
5: hold each other gently. Female um, sexuality is very gentle. Yeah,
6: soft. Exactly. Not really real. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, as someone who has like a female sensuality that isn't that that like involves kink and involves bdsm and like all this kind of stuff and it's kind of complicated i'm like this is nonsense this is such nonsense but it's this thing that's been told so many times that like even in the lesbian community everyone's like i suppose that makes sense um and so i think it's really interesting when you talk about stuff being stale it's like well what is that like is that about you are having less sex and you think you should be having more is it because you're not having as much as you wanted is it because there was a spark before and what does it look like now and like i think that that's really interesting to work out like what exactly does like Staleness or not having enough sex or whatever it is look like. I think quantity, mm. I know, I, I think quantity is a massive
3: thing. And one of the things that I've often got obsessed about is I'll say to my husband, We don't have as much sex as we used to. We used to have sex seven times a week and now it's like three or four. And he's like, Yes, yeah, okay. But now we probably have sex once on Saturday morning and once on Saturday afternoon. And often on Saturday afternoon, we'll have sex for like an hour and a half. We didn't used to do that. We used to do it like a lot but less. And probably we spend as much time in bed as we used to. But obviously, even if we are having a bit less sex than we were before, I'm coming more, we're probably having better sex, we're talking about it more. Like, there's... It's okay for things to shift.
4: Mm. You Mm -hmm. don't have
3: to spice things up because your sex life doesn't look exactly like it did right at the beginning. It's okay for it to change. Yeah. It's not a failure. Yeah. I
5: I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of kind of keeping up with the Joneses. Like, people... Mm. You see people talking about different kings and things, and you go, oh, we must go and have these adventures. And it's a bit like seeing those... 30 things to do before you die list and just having to go and tick off every single Mm -hmm. one. Well, in reality, real people, you kind of make your own adventures and you say, well, here's the three adventures I actually want to go on and I'll ignore the rest and focus on the things that we really like.
2: Fantastic. Thanks, well, thank you so much, guys, for being the most wonderful first guest of the season and for being so honest and open with us um, about all, all your advice. and Set the bar very high, Set the bar very high. If people would like to find out more about you, um, where, where should they head on the internet?
5: Uh, so I blog at girlonthenet.com and you can find me on Twitter at girlonthenet.
6: Um, I make YouTube videos. If you type in Rowan Ellis into YouTube, it'll be me and a guy who I think does
4: bodybuilding and it'll be very obvious which one <laughs> <that's> <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Thank you, guys.
2: Thank
6: you
4: so thank much. Thank you. Thanks
3: The Climax is brought to you in association with intimate brand Lilo. Swedish-born Lilo is one of the world's leading brands for designer-led intimate products. From high-quality pleasure objects to bedroom accessories, candles and condoms, they've got something for everyone. Lilo is a little like us driven by an insatiable curiosity a desire to explore and refine the boundaries between sex and the 21st century
2: lilo is all about the quality a heritage brand based on craft unexpected innovation and being entirely different from everything and anyone else for more information to explore your own sexual desire visit www.lilo.com and we're offering an exclusive discount for the climax listeners use the code lilo for you to receive 20 percent off products thank you to our sponsors lilo This part of the show is our product review slot where every week we are looking at different products and Rebecca and I are talking about the products and how we got on with them. This section is kindly sponsored by uh, Lilo, who have kindly sent us some products to try. This week I tried the Soraya, which is the world's most beautiful dual-action vibrator. It's basically a rabbit, um, so there's kind of like a long stem that goes inside of you and there's um, a front bit which goes on your clip, essentially. It has eight different speeds. Um, I absolutely loved it. So I'd say. Did you, were you like in the mood when you tried it? Or so I want to do like of... full, full context of my relationship with sex toys. I would say that I've always enjoyed them personally. So I've used them, I've enjoyed them for like personal pleasure. Like when I was younger, I was like tried out with vibrators. I didn't go much as the dildo world. Well no, I was it's always a bit well. I was a bit intimidated by them, like they're, mm. they're sort of girthy and yes. they can be quite um they can be quite intimidating. So I kind of only really experimented with vibrators and I mean only, only more uh, recently tried out things like rabbits and stuff like that but in terms of um sex toys for with my partner i've always been a little bit skeptical of them and i've often felt like they weren't as good as just the real thing and just just us um so it'll be interesting throughout the course um of the season of looking at some and seeing if if they can really enhance our sex life so um i loved this toy it was the only sex toy that I've ever used that gave me a G-Spot orgasm and a clit one which I think is pretty I mean it's a pretty big validation for the product. I was like super skeptical and it, they say it's dual action and it's designed to massage both your clit and your G-Spot but I was like probably you won't know, maybe it'll just clit and it did and I was like wow and it's amazing like a really really powerful it's also silent which I think is great. That is great it, it is great. Your, I mean I know that
3: you have recently moved out of home Yeah. but um, if you're living at home or living in a house chair is most of us are, it's very, very difficult. Like, And actually, to be honest, even living with my partner, I prefer, if I'm having a wank, I'd rather he was kind of I don't mind if he knows, but I don't want him being reminded by a constant, like, Ooh. yeah,
2: exactly. And I think there are so many things that can intimidate us and put us off that sexual exploration with yourself. And something as little as like a buzzer can be that thing. Yeah. So, what I really liked about this product was that it was silent and that you could, yeah, you could just enjoy it in peace. I'd really recommend, I think, especially for women that perhaps struggle to orgasm during sex or haven't had a G spot orgasm. I just think it's so empowering to like know that you could do those kind of things on your own and I think to know what you
3: like. With with G Sport Orgasms it's um it's a sort of muscle memory thing. The more you do it, the more able you are to do it. Mm. So by, by having a G Sport orgasm with a toy and by teaching your body how to do that, you're more likely to be able to do it during penetrative sex, which is
2: great. Definitely. I think that's it's a bit of a myth, isn't it? That if you use, um, use toys too much, then you somehow won't be able to have them during sex. I mean, if-
3: it is a myth. The only thing is directly after very intense stimulation, you might find that your vagina fit or your vulva seems a little bit numb, but that's only directly afterwards um and also you do sort of get into it's possible to get into a sort of routine with how you do things so it is possible that you could masturbate the same way over and over and over again and then struggle to come in a different way mm. so if you're worried about it then the only thing you need to do is just change it up so for instance um you could use the toy that you were using soraya that's the soraya um and you could have a great time with that for about a week but then after that you might want to think about going just like doing something using, different. using your hands or, just, or going back to oral sex with your partner just so that you don't get into a rut and that, that's also very exciting it's nice to be able to change it up
2: yeah definitely but I would really recommend this toy for, for anyone really if you're looking just to explore on your own or you're trying to figure out what you want to say to your partner I mean I think it was fantastic I and think, it's also very pretty and I think that's such an important part like these w- we're feminine creatures and these are aesthetic items and the, the design of it is really beautiful it's not something that you kind of want to shove in a drawer it's really beautiful I think I would also having because I've also used
3: one before um Having been a bit of a sex toy demon, um, I think they are a really good place to start with rabbits because mm. they're not huge. And a lot of women are, most women are only about five and a half centimetres deep in terms of the vagina. So you don't need something whacking, great, huge mm. hunk of plastic going inside you. It's an, it's a nice, easy entry point.
2: Mm. Great. So if you'd like to buy that, it's £189 from Lilo.com. And, well, oh, but you can use a code. Oh yeah, you can use a code. Indeed, we have a code for you. Our code is is Lilo For You, which will get you 20% off. So if any you, product. Yeah. So put that in and
3: uh, then it's cheaper, which is great. Who doesn't love a discount code? Betsy, what have you been trying this week? So this week I tried the anniversary line. So Lilo sent this to me at work. I got in and there was this pretty much treasure chest on my desk. Like it took up my whole desk. Yeah. I opened it and it is basically a suitcase full of sex toys. It was like dirty Christmas. Um What's so in there? It has got a massive variety of stuff, but it's kind of, it's basically everything you would need to have quite kinky sex. So it's got, for instance, um, a feather teaser. It's called the can feather teaser, as in can Fam film festival, not can we. Mm. Um, and that, and it's just like a very light little feather duster, basically, that you could use to stimulate somebody for foreplay. Um, it's got handcuffs, which are called the Eleanor, Elena shackles. Eleanor shackles? Elena shackles? Um, they're called, basically, they're really nice handcuffs. They are very reliable. Um, they are very sturdy. I mean, they probably wouldn't suspend somebody with them because it's very bad for your wrist, but you could very much, if you tied somebody to your bedpost with them, they would not be able to get out, mm-hmm. which is great. But they've also got a, a release catch as well as a key. So they're very safe. Very, very, they're just a very good middle ground. Um, there's also like a riding crop which is telescopic so you pull it out it gets longer which i'm not gonna lie i found hilarious (laughs) Uh, like it is sexy but it's also quite funny because you can kind of throw it and it goes (laughs) long it's like a magic wand it's really it's really pleasing that's called the hurt telescopic crop and that actually is a really good um piece of bdsm kit particularly if you don't have a lot of space if you live in a house share if you're in a position where you don't or or actually if you have kids to be honest but it's because it it goes down very small because um sort of hitty things for bdsm stuff can be very hard to stall because mm. they can be quite big and very obvious what they are whereas this it goes down very little it goes to sort of maybe three inches it's, it's very sweet and then there's all sorts of toys so i mean basically what isn't in there uh, but they have a very actually one of the things i like best about it is they have a very classic uh vibrator it's like a absolutely it's the kind of thing that i've never owned before it's sort of maybe six and a half seven inches um obviously phallically shaped with just multiple settings it's so simple so it's called the volone massager and yeah it's it's the kind of very classic toy that i've never had because i've always bought the kind of new quirky unusual mm-hmm. stuff but it's fan- it's such a fantastic addition to your sex life because you can use it on your clit during sex, or you can use it internally when you're masturbating, or you could use it. You could even use it internally while having anal sex with somebody if you wanted to go really crazy. Um, but it's it's just it's one of those really multi-purpose all-rounders. It's the um, penetration equivalent of having a really simple bullet, mm. and I love that because it kind of if you if you were going to buy one thing, I would say that's a really good place to start. I mean, the point of this anniversary collection is that you would never need to buy another sex toy again. Yeah. Um, also, the other great thing about them is they all come with. One charger so you don't need loads and loads and loads because i have a drawer of cables like does oh, that's so good so they can all be charged in the same all be charged in the exact same charger apart from um I mean, no actually no all of them can obviously some of them don't need to mm. they've got um these really great um internal sort of um people call them different things i call them benoit balls um sometimes they're called jiggle balls and um, basically they are sort of balls joined together in a sort of it looks like a figure of eight and you wear them internally, and they jiggle inside you, so they stimulate your G spot while you're walking to work, or doing some photocopying, mm. or cooking dinner, or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, and they kind of, so they're really, really arousing, and they're, honestly, they're incredibly pleasurable. These are some of the best ones I've tried um some of the ones i've previously tried have been too heavy so they kind of tried to fall out of your vagina not
2: ideal or <laughs> so you're on at work going to the photocopier yeah just <laughs> on the floor not great.
3: um also i've tried ones that have been like a bit small so they don't really give you like if it's not wider than a tampon you're not going to feel anything mm. these are genuinely brilliant um, there is such a great thing seeing as we're talking about spicing up your sex life mm. um to where if you're like going out to dinner with your partner mm. it's that kind of sexy little secret that if you if you, like if, if they were annoying you or you didn't like them you could just pop to the room and take them out but I don't think you'll want to I think the rea- you're probably much more likely to and they're in. kind of
2: more turned on by the time you have sex exactly you're so much
3: more turned on by the time you have sex
2: and also it just it makes kind of something as simple as going to dinner
3: into foreplay mm. which is really important when you've been in a relationship for a long time yeah. so yeah it's uh, the anniversary collection and I won't lie it is not cheap um, It um is is 1300 pounds, but for that you get. I'm going to read you the full list because you need to understand how much stuff is in here. You get the Can Feather Teaser, the Hertz Telescopic Crop, the Eleanor Shackles, the key, the Key Eye Mask, the Volone Massager, the Yargaston Flogger, the Sense Dual Massager. That's amazing. It's enormous, but it's amazing. The Rio Spanker, which is a paddle, uh, the Fonzo graduating beads. Those are kind of like anal beads, which I'm sure will explain about at some point in this uh, in the series. Uh, the Axe multi massager, the Stewpan Stuerp- plug, which is a butt plug. Everyone needs a butt plug, um, and the ben- and the Dot Benoit balls. So yeah, yes, it was expensive and a lot. It is expensive, but you get a lot of your money. And also, if you use our code, which is lilo for You, um you get 20% off. So Fantastic. that actually would save you like 200 quid. Fab. Ah, that's on Lilo.com. Yes. Check it out. Right, so this is, the, this is the Ask Me Anything section. And this week, we have got two real boys. <laughs> Actual boys. Actual boys. <laughs> I think we should call them men.
2: Men. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, we've got Theo and Max. Max and Theo. Thanks for coming
3: on, guys. (coughs) Thank you so much. Thanks Thanks for having
2: having us. So, this section of the show, essentially, is where we get to ask men... People probably our mothers at some stage in the series. Questions um, and ask me anything section. Questions that you've always wanted to ask someone or a partner, but you haven't had the confidence to. This is what we're doing now. So yeah, how
3: how bothered are men about how much effort you make beforehand, like lingerie and candles or any other kind of sexy you know, <laughs> mood music? You bothered or not
0: really? It totally depends. Like sometimes a bit of like lighting and sort of um, depends what you kind of what the vibe is, what you're going for. Is it like essential or is it quite? is a bit different
1: in which case if it's like sensual and romantic then you know a bit of lighting I've always found the Some lingerie candles. one quite quite a funny one because like, I do appreciate it in the moment but I also as soon as it's there I'm just like right get it off <laughs> like, seen it one second done go get it off let's get down to it
3: if I told you that that lingerie usually costs like a bra about 70 to 90 quid
1: <sighs> that's nuts
3: would you do yeah. <laughs> yeah. is that worth 70 to 90 quid or would you rather have like something else
1: I don't mean
0: like obviously but like for the name it's like boxers I don't. I was gonna really say, just steal, steal one of my box, shirts. The boxers matter. Not really. Like I think with No, I think you, you're. I, I, the kind of clothing, sort of stuff, doesn't really particularly turn me on okay. in
1: particular. I don't really, really care. Love Some a candle. Really into it. Love um, a candle though.
3: Yeah, can love love a candle. Just grab,
1: just grab my shirt. Whack a candle on. Done. That's a lot cheaper. <laughs> that
3: does actually sound quite nice. So it sounds, yeah. but yeah, perfectly great to me. Um, okay, guys. Big question. Pubes. Yay or nay?
0: Eh? Just nicely maintained. Trimmed, trimmed, yeah, yeah, but still present. Uh, neither here nor there, personally.
3: So if somebody's totally, totally all gone,
0: uh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Sort your preference, but oh. I just like, as long as it's not, I just don't particularly like some. I mean, I'm quite hairy, so but it's all
1: well maintained. I was, <laughs> I was about to say I wasn't too fussed, but I did once like come face to face with like a proper thicket, and it was a bit too much. <laughs> so like. Maintained would be... Uh, yeah, just maintained. Yeah.
3: Do you think that's changed? Because I think when we started having sex... Not we started having sex. As in, we when I started start having together. sex, we together, we weren't friends then. Um, it was very much like you have to have everything off. Mm. Boys and girls. And I think now people... I mean, I'm, I've I'm, been out of the game for a while because I'm married.
0: Do people still get rid of everything? Well, there's a, definitely a pressure on... Particularly like gay men, I think, with the way your body looks and the way that it it depends what you're kind of into in terms of like type or a category mm-hmm. of like gay men if you're sort of more interested in you know someone that's totally hairless or someone that's hairy there's a pressure there I think. Um I think it's definitely changing. I think people are more accepting of like an actual body, both for men and women, I think. Whereas mm-hmm. if you look at like seventies <coughs> like porn stars for instance, or you're gonna have that was, you know, and say like like, like you just said, like the last fifteen or so years I think that was totally out of vogue whereas now it's I think people are much more um, kind of I was recently
2: confronted with this issue because I had laser hair removal and had to make a decision of basically what I wanted my face to look like for life And that I is like, a huge commitment yeah and it, this was well it was about a year ago I'd highly recommend Strip, I went in Islington it's a great, great channel <laughs> <laughs> um, it was great, it was seriously painful but it, they were very efficient and it was great, but I had to think well what do I, you know, when I'm a mum or when I'm older, what do I want it to look like? Is it like, literally for life? Um, yeah, it's for life, it yeah. doesn't grow back So you had to you had decide to what a
3: mum vagina should look like Basically yeah, I
2: was like, what do I want my mum vagina to look like? Um, and I decided that all off would make me feel too young when I was older so, and it didn't feel right, so I sort of yeah. I think that, um, yeah
1: Maybe yeah. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I've been doing it wrong, or maybe I need to go to Strip, but from a from a purely practical point of view, like if my if my girlfriend really wanted me to do it, I would do it. But it's so itchy. Have
4: you? I disagree bad? with
1: that. I disagree with that. I don't get it. Maybe job. I've done it wrong.
0: Maybe. Have I you guys itchy. ever had a back sack and crack? I no, not a whack. My mum waxed my back once, and it was an. Act I'm was so going, glad you
3: said back. <laughs> mum had a not waxing
0: kit and it was. Um, I don't even swear swear but it was a no, fucking it. nightmare because she's a shit at it, and b it was just like <laughs> she just didn't have any concept of what it like. Because my mum, because she waxed herself, she's so used to it, uh-huh. so she just is like. She, she sits in the bathroom floor and waxes her legs with the door open which is grim <laughs> and it's just like please don't oh fuck uh, um, we
4: can
3: beat
5: that um, up it. Out, right?
0: please don't do that <laughs> um, and then she asked because I've got a really hairy back and I said I really hate it and it really does a box it's so one thing about puberty and being a man I really dislike that and nostril hair um, yeah. and she offered to do my back for me and it was horrid because she'd always do the things where she'd like because it was quite hairy she'd t- tried to turn it first and then gave up because she's doesn't have much patience and then she'd like grab the strip and it would slip halfway through and you'd be like and then she'd be like sorry
5: And yeah. Heavy office,
0: Scottish accent, <laughs> excruciating. what my mum and you know what she's like, so it's. Uh, I would have paid so much money to watch
4: this. This is amazing. Oh, I was mean, so actually.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <you know, laughs> <I> stood <laughs> well, it on the landing, the top floor. Yeah. Of the house. Because I was quite tall, I didn't, I didn't fit in the bathroom, so she was just like, just there near there, me, like totally, like
1: basically naked with some swim shots on, having <laughs> my back. That's fucking horrible. I've sadly never actually. Well, sadly, I've, I've never been able to grow enough hair for it to be a problem. So, um, like, that's not an issue.
2: Other topic, oral, oral sex. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking kind of with, with girls, how do you feel about going down with girls?
1: I fucking love it.
2: Oh, yeah? Yeah,
1: okay. I really, I really enjoy it. Like, actually, I think we both, we both feel the same about this one. Like, I, yeah, I, I really, I really, I don't know if, I don't know if all, if all guys are all like, oh, yeah, it's all got to be about me, me me. I actually get the most turned on seeing who I'm with having a great time. So, like, if I'm, if I'm, going down and I can see the effect it's having that really gets me gets do you, me do off.
3: you feel sometimes because I know my partner is very similar and it's me being like no 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 I need to have showered in the last 45 minutes and I have to be completely relaxed and we have to be alone in the entire building but our flats in before I can let that happen I think sometimes girls can actually be the ones who
2: I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you I kind of sometimes I'm worried that they're not enjoying it and that Turns me off, yeah. And like, how much are you actually thinking about the thing that you're doing?
1: I would want to make sure that I had showered. I don't really care about my girlfriend.
2: That's really interesting. Yeah, because I remember asking, I remember saying that to
3: my husband, being like, "How long do you reckon is rude to have not showered before you receive oral sex?" And he was like, "I would
0: yeah. not really care." Like, yeah, some people are really rude about it. Like, I don't care. I like, it
1: really t- like giving oral sex. Really turns me on. It care. also does not taste anything like it smells. As in, like, it tastes like nothing, even if it smells. <laughs>
2: That's really
1: after a long day it's
2: also something I've ever thought about
1: but
3: this is why we do this segment because mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing you would not know and yeah. actually I have been down on women and they I mean, are right
2: I've just never thought about it my, fr- oh, my it? friend who's gay <clears> um, my girlfriend who's gay said that it tastes a bit salty I think it
0: depends on the For woman my, my memory it tastes like pennies <laughs> <it was about. laughs> genuinely it tastes
3: like pennies
0: yeah um, pennies are like slightly irony. That's I like. I, think it
3: de- I think it definitely depends on the person Maybe Yeah, I've
0: got lucky I've, yeah, I've never I mean, tasted my, it my, the, the only moment, the, the number of women I've with is like what like four women I think that's yeah, no, that's all I remember. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the I, the
3: penny memory. I feel like fours are good number with it, because you've like you've properly given it the old card. I mean, bash, try. Yeah, 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 You, really, yeah. you <laughs> gave it every opportunity to be fun, and with all the information you went, nah, not for me. Yeah, well, yeah. I, yeah, did, yeah, I, did, I, did, the, I did the same thing with sleeping with women. I was like, I'm sure I must be bisexual. It just would suit me <laughs> so well. <bad." laughs> tried it out, really, like, really tried. Just not for me. Mm. Just not for me.
1: Something I found really, really interesting, uh, My I, maybe this was a hint, I don't think, I'm hoping it wasn't but um my girlfriend introduced me to omges.com. Yes yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. I found that really fascinating actually it was it was a really fun working through everything on there. So
3: this is, For those this is, that don't know. Yeah, this is an app which basically explores all the different ways women orgasm, all the ways women can masturbate. And it's sort of like a um, it's like a learning tool, isn't it? Not
1: only is it hugely educational, it's hilariously graphic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's and Emma like, Watson's a fan. Yeah, yeah. She, she's
1: like backing she's a she's, she's Yeah, like, Matt's got a uh, recent uh, trip away at the weekend with
0: a bunch of pals who we went to Brighton. And it had introduced all the boys that were with on the trip to them.
1: What's it called again? OMG. OMG, yes. Yeah, it didn't have like, it wasn't like too warmly received, but I think there was a lot of like, really? there was a lot of like, held, held back intrigue. Mm. So they're all going d- to go yeah. home on Sunday yeah. yeah. there was a lot of like, yeah. oh,
0: that's a weird mate. And then they're all clear on I'm the bus like so, writing absolutely. down the name, yeah. But it's OMG.
2: really great that you're taking an interest. Like so what we discussed in the last uh, section of the show was about kind of getting men to Get more interested in female mm. orgasm, and not just accepting that a girl wasn't going to come in sex, and that that's not okay, and that we, mm. we our our pleasure is really important.
0: I think it's strange because I always think, like obviously, like being gay and, and thinking back to like when I was like interested in women, I think that my attitude to sex has changed so much in the kind of the, the years that I've been sitting with men and the, the kind of and, and been out and stuff. In the sense that I think it would be really interesting in a way to go back and to to to, if I was ever interested in women again or if something like that was to develop because you do kind of I think as a man you really do have there is a real pressure in terms of not you don't really take into consideration the other partner's like kind of enjoyment in it and like what they are and you don't really have all these kind of the tools or the understanding Mm -hmm. of. Of like, are they enjoying it? Whereas, like with a man, like it's obviously so much more easier. There's a very clear indication that yes. someone's had a good yeah. time, and then you're like, right, that's that done. But then obviously with women, I think, and they don't really have that kind of communication. And it's also from from my like personal experience, like it's just much less sexy and enjoyable if you don't really have a kind of mm. yeah. channel of communication. Where you but, can you're, talk about.
3: but you're right, actually, that it's a fundamental difference that we don't always talk about. That with men, there is literal evidence. Yeah, that like if, you, if there's no erection, or there's no ejaculation. Then something hasn't worked. With women. There is really, there isn't like because you can be dry and very turned on. Women aren't always mm. wet when they're aroused.
2: How um, Max? How easy do you find it to talk about um, sex, like with your partner? Like, do you find that your partners have often been quite nervous about talking about it? And how do you create that dialogue?
1: Oh, that's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, Various person, to person. I mm. had I had one who one one girlfriend who just had never had good sex. She'd had I think she'd had. One or two relationships before ours never had good sex and just assumed that it was unenjoyable. Mm. And maybe it's because she didn't have the right emotional connection with that person either. But um, uh, when, when we were having sex, it was it was brilliant. And she actually really opened up and she was like, "I just I didn't know it could actually be nice and mm. and, and, and fun." You? And we started talking about it and and exploring. Her side of things.
2: That's really that's really mm. lovely, but really sad.
3: It's I'm, so
1: sad
2: know, I think my, yeah. really my nice. story I say is pretty similar though. I also kind of kind of at a young age had decided that I I wasn't someone that was going to enjoy I'm sex. Just I'm just not a sexual person. Actually, I think it is a case that you find the right person who gives you that time, and you completely change how you see it. Mm. And, yeah.
1: Another friend from another friend from uni. They've been uh, in a. They're, they're now sort of 26, 27 six, twenty seven. They've been in a couple since they were they were 14 and, um, and and they thought the same until they were in their 20s and they realised everyone else were, was was really enjoying it and they then started to learn about each other and then they just realised much later yeah,
3: yeah. Um, I guess if you if you start at 14 because I don't know about anybody else but my sex life was not brilliant when I was 14 <laughs> <laughs> and I remember boys being I remember some boys saying like oh I fingered this other girl we were like probably in your tan. she came four times and I was like Oh my god, it's so beautiful, (laughs) I don't think that's even possible. Yeah. You sweet little angel. And then I guess if you never progress any further than that, because you never have to, and you don't sort of up each other's games... Yeah. And you could end up like that. It's, it's quite did. tricky, yeah.
0: though, isn't it? It's amazing the kind of absolute shit that you pick up, though, when you're in high school. Yeah. <laughs> you think, like, right, this is what I've got to do. I've got to have, go for like, 45 minutes, and then that's it, done. It's just like, mm, mm. No, I think that's more and I think also that. for girls,
2: like, not even knowing what an orgasm actually feels like. So you can really convince mm-hmm. yourself of things that mm-hmm. didn't Yeah, If happened. it felt nice for a minute, that was an orgasm. Yeah, problem, like, yeah. definitely. <laughs> I have a question. now so Seeing as you said that you slept with men
3: and women. I've I've been told by a very close friend of mine who is who is by that men and women give head very differently. Yeah. Is that true? And if so, how
0: So I so to, so twenty five, so almost twenty six, and I the last time I slept with a woman I was 21, twenty one, twenty 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 two. Just for context. But the the difference is I think is that like a lot of the women that I slept with had probably didn't have as much experience. As I have certainly like kind of now with like men, for instance, I think the difference is that women approach it as a foreign object, <laughs> and, 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 which obviously yeah, it is. Yeah. It's totally fair, like, you know. You, you don't have one; you never. You don't. You only. Have, you, you may have limited or different experience of different penises or that kind of thing whereas men just unfundamentally understand like what it is and where it's sensed. I well, haven't said that it doesn't mean that necessarily men are always better at women than giving heads, some of them are absolutely atrocious but like really? just yeah, 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 yeah. honestly and it's just like, like ah that's really far too you can't it <laughs> that hard like it doesn't work like that stop pause um, and like it's just it's, a, it's an absolute nightmare when you suddenly have someone who because you don't want to be rude and be like mm, that's <laughs> awful um, like <laughs> stop um, but then obviously I think especially when you get like a partner like, you can always like Subtly improve mm. and sort of by t- teaching them things, but then the thing with the differences of women, I think, is that they just—it's a total foreign object. So like, they don't know like, that like the head is much more sensitive or whatever. And mm. I remember, I mean, I was in high school, but when I was sixteen. I got a hand job from this girl, and she grabbed it like that. I she's really but I can Like, I was like basically just like then just oh it was just it was absolutely to that, context, that it was
3: like cruel almost that was yeah but the arcade cruel this is a famous Cosmo sex tip that you should put your hand over a penis like you're juicing a lemon on a lemon squeezer and then twist it but that's oh.
0: a lie <laughs> <But> that's, <laughs> women are being defrauded by these, these idiots in these women's magazines oh nothing.
1: no it's so true more.
3: and I'm a sex writer and I would never suggest that Honestly, it's Is like, not
1: lemons is it, is it, but is it true the other way around though so like women who have who have um, had it f- had head from both um, man and a woman? Is it better from the woman?
3: Interesting. I, I don't. Know. Have, you, have you? Yeah, I've done both. Um, I think again, it's the same thing. It very much depends mm. on the person. I've had incredible head from women, and incredible head from men, and very bad from both. I think women tend to know exactly how they like it and assume you'll like it the same way.
0: I think that's fear, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
3: because you want, and and, and with some women like very very small, very intense motions on the pressure some women like kind of go round mm. the clitoris. um, Some women like penetration. So I think if it's probably the best oral sex I've had from women has been from women who like oral sex the same way that i, I like it the same yeah. way they do, but yeah.
1: that, that's—I guess—that's true of all sex Like, you can't—you can never compare like relationship sex to one-night stand sex, can you? Because yeah, you so need—you definitely... need time to get to know what everybody, what it, that, yeah. what each person enjoys and likes. But and... then
3: you've got that incredible. Because I only had one one one-night out in my entire life, but I, the, my main takeaway from it is that the sex was shit. He also kept trying to take the condom off, which is illegal. Uh, <gasps> I kept taking him mat, I kept taking him out the packet and being like, "Put this back on, or we stop." Oh God, that's horrible. Oh I had to be like a sex monitor, um, oh but that's so um, fucking weird. It's <sighs> so. Uh, he also. So he's like I don't have anything and I was like you haven't even asked me if I you. didn't matter like, I was like, I was like and, then, and so you might not want to get pregnant although well, no, now my new thing my thing then was like, when he's taken it off the third time I went wait sorry I didn't realise you were children together and he was like no put <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fucking condom back on he not sound was, like I a I could catch. have been riddled I could have been absolutely yeah. seething with diseases I'm
0: not but I could have been <laughs> um it's also the fact that, like, given the destruction, so like, just didn't Yeah, it
4: yeah, I mean, also,
3: you've consented for one type of sex, not all <coughs> time. But sorry, yeah. my point about that was, sorry. apart from the stealth thing, um, the sex was terrible, but the excitement of being with somebody totally you who I didn't know was very, very high. Mm. And that's the only thing I think one night stands have on relationship sex. Otherwise, relationship sex... Is that unknown?
0: Yeah. yeah, so I think there's also I think there's an element as well where you if you have a partner who's a casual partner that you don't know, there can also be an element of uninhibitedness to it that doesn't yes. come, that comes with like, there's no emotion that complicates it. There's no, if you're very clear, because they're using like dating apps, and like Grindr and stuff, like if you have having the hookup, there's a very clear, like,
4: etiquette. not
0: transactional, because it is obviously transactional in a sense, but there's also an uninhibitedness that comes with it because you can be like, this is what I want, this is what I'm into. Very frank, Mm. and particularly if you're not necessarily someone who's very comfortable having that kind of conversation about the sex you enjoy in a relationship that's complicated by like emotions and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously that's great, and that's what most people would aspire to, but Mm. it it has an an, an element of uninhibitedness that can sometimes make it exciting and and liberating. I think
3: think that's very true. I think we we both got into long-term relationships just before... Tinder was a thing. Grinder already was, but obviously not really for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so I think we, we really missed out on that transactional definitely tick
0: box. Oh, tell people
4: you, what you like. Yeah, we were
3: I, at home I,
2: I kind of I slightly wish I'd experienced making it. pasture and watching Netflix. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shame we missed
0: out. But the thing is, because we talked about this, the so thing is like the difference with you know hookup apps, which are I, I think it's much more straightforward for for men who sleep with men than it is necessarily for heterosexual couples. I don't know if I don't know necessarily because I never. I I was never Mm. single and interested in women at the time when there was a lot like dating apps Mm. Mm. and stuff. So I just find it quite interesting. Yeah,
4: fantastic. Thank you 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 so
2: much for talking to us. Guys, thank you so much. Jo and Max are our men of the week. I genuinely feel like I learn a lot. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Mm This has been The Climax. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review so more people can find it. Um, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Jelly Malin And I'm at Rebecca C N RebeccaCNReed. And please let us know if there's anything else you'd like to hear, anything you think
3: we should be doing, anything you'd like to hear less of, we'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> we will be back next Monday for- with another
2: episode.
1: been a candy store production hosted by angelica malin and rebecca reed produced by van connor sex with os by mobile steam unit appears under creative commons 3.0 visit candy store productions at candy
6: even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars